Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome, Awareness Explorers, new and old. Uh, we're so happy you can join us for a stimulating conversation with spiritual teacher and author Byron Katie. I'm Jonathan Robinson, and I'm here with my co-host, Brian Tom O'Connor. Brian, before you introduce Katie, I just want to tell our listeners and Katie just a bit about Awareness Explorers podcast. This is our 32nd episode, and in each one we explore practical and powerful ways to awaken to our true nature in daily life. And sometimes we have guest teachers on, such as Katie, and sometimes it's just Brian and I exploring different unique methods and topics. And you can find all of our episodes on YouTube and at awarenessexplorers.com. And on our site, you'll also find a section called Meditations, in which we have over 30 brief guided meditations that can help you into deep peace and awakening. And so without further ado, Brian, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about our guest, Byron Katie? Okay, thank you, Jonathan. Byron Katie is a speaker and author who teaches a method of self-inquiry known as the work of Byron Katie, or simply the work. And around 30 years ago, she was a mess, suffering from depression, agoraphobia, overeating, and addiction to codeine and alcohol. And she checked herself into a woman's counseling center where she experienced a sudden awakening during which, in her words, I discovered that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered, but that when I didn't believe them, I didn't suffer, and that this is true for every human being. And this epiphany led her to create the work, which is her process of four questions and a turnaround. And Katie is also the author of several gorgeous books, including Loving What Is, A Thousand Names for Joy, and A Mind at Home with Itself. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for the invitation, Brian. We're very honored to have you, Katie. Thank you, Jonathan. I, I want to begin with a question about what you call the work, the four questions and the turnaround. For the few listeners not familiar with your work, I'm wondering if you could say what you're trying to do or accomplish by having people ask themselves these four questions during their lives. Oh, my goodness. Um, freedom from suffering, and on a way of experiencing what matters on the other side, what is obvious, what is given, what is lovely, what is beautiful, uh, what is beyond the description of anything I just put description on, um, awareness. So the work is a way of identifying the thoughts that cause all of our suffering and a way of questioning those thoughts. And if we look, for example, to Buddhism's Four Noble Truths, as I understand it, the first one is there is suffering in the world, discontent. And any of, of my events, when I ask people, is there anyone here that has never suffered? 
or experience discontent, no one raises their hand. So it's what we all seem to have in common. So the, the, second, the, the second one is there is a cause of the suffering, a cause for the suffering. And um, what I discovered on the floor um, in, in that experience of, of um, being shown, it's that mind is the cause of all suffering. You know, the, the ego, we could say. And for me, what I was thinking and believing all my life was the cause of my suffering. So um, then the fourth noble truth is that there is a way out of the suffering. And I found the way, the cause of my suffering and the way out of suffering as I lay sleeping on the floor and was just, just uh, awakened in the stark sense of being shown. And, and then the fourth noble truth is, you know, I'm summing it up. It's here's how. And that has been known as Buddhism. And, and we have all these beautiful religion and ways and everything, you know, how. And I was uh, shown... I was shown this way on the floor out of, out of an experience, a, a very authentic experience that um, hasn't weakened in you know, all these 30 plus years and time later. So um, what is the cause of suffering? Our mind, our thoughts. And for me, how do I, how do I authentically um, find myself on the other side of what creates that, what creates identity, all of it is what I call the work mm -hmm. to question the thoughts that are causing my suffering, to identify them, to question them, and, and then just notice. It's a, it's a way of contemplating. It's a, we're meditating in on the answers to these four questions applied to what we would believe in in any given situation. Mm -hmm. So the short version, you know, I invite people to identify what they're thinking and believing anytime that they are experiencing guilt, um, anger, hurt, um, anything, any discontentment on a scale from one to 10, you know, and to identify them, write them down and question them. Because no one could set me free. I had to, um, I had to do that myself. And, and even saying that, I couldn't take credit for it because it's, it's all in each of us. Uh, no one has more awareness than another. It's, it's equal. We're equal in wisdom. It's how to tap into that. Yeah. You said that in, in hindsight, you realize that there is one mind. What, yeah, what yeah, one, <laughs> one, one schizophrenic mind. <laughs> you mean one mind with many, many, many millions or billions oh my, of personalities? Oh my goodness! Yes, you know it's it's like if if uh, let's say I. Oh gosh, what's an easy easy way of of saying it, Brian? It's like if I'm going to question the thought, he doesn't care about me. And I'm in front of an audience and I say, how many of you have never had the thought that, that he or she didn't care about you? It, it doesn't happen. There are no new stressful thoughts. They're all recycled. They're, they're one's put on the other, the other, the other. So I had to look to myself to see where, where was the origin in my life? Well, let's say my mother said, um, you know, it's a tree. And I have no way of knowing that. I'm a child. 
And she said, it's a tree. Look at the tree. And, and let's say I start from a little bitty child. And I just say, goo goo gaga. And then even mm -hmm. tree, she's teaching me to talk. She's teaching me what things are. And, and so at some point, you know, my siblings are saying, look at the tree. And, and, and my next door neighbors, look at the tree. And, and there it is in a magazine, a tree. And, and, Finally, let's say one day my mother says, look at the tree, and, and I see it. I see it. I say tree, and everyone applauds. I get it. Okay? So did my mother teach me that it was a tree? In my experience, as I said in that, I saw that she is not responsible for that. Nothing another human being says. I mean, I have to know for myself what is authentically true for me. So did my mother teach me it's a tree? It became a tree the moment I believed it. Mm -hmm. and, it and, and it's the same way people said, he uh, hurt my feelings. There's something wrong with that person. That person is stupid. You know, that person doesn't really care about what happens. Okay, it's a tree, Brian. It's a tree. It's a tree. It's a tree. And, and so I believed me in, and to question what I believe escorts me out. And I had that big dose on the floor, and I was shown a way that I, it took me a long time to express it. You know, I, I have difficulty now articulating the experience, and, and yet um, I question what I believe, and I left the world I never entered. <laughs> False identity, not I. Yeah, right. yeah, identifying with our thoughts rather than who we really are. Yes, you know, I woke up this morning, really, mm -hmm. really. I had breakfast with my husband this morning, really. Where's my proof? It's, it's, it's in my mind's eye. It's this movie running. It's this, this, there we are at breakfast. And I see him sitting across from me and he's eating toast and da 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 da. And, and I could just go on and on and on. It's a dream. Right. It's a dream. I can't touch that. That is not Stephen. That yeah. is, that is, that is the illusion. So I, uh, I am, one that invites the world to, you know, to question everything and have an amazing life. Because that past that I just described, that past breakfast this morning with Stephen, it could be a horrendous nightmare. I could be an, a veteran in the Air Forces, and it's not just sitting across from, from my, my spouse at breakfast. It's horrendous and that is suffering it's replayed it's replayed and and that's what drugs are about and everything is about how do we how do how does this nightmare end so yeah. i invite you know with for example moving to ptsd like that it's it's like for people to go into the center of the terror, the trauma, into the center of the trauma, identify what you were thinking and believing or just thinking in the eye of that, um, that traumatic experience. Put it on paper and then have the courage to sit in yourself and question now the thoughts you were believing then. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. process is 
always free on byronkatie.com. You don't sign up for something. There's no door in your way of downloading a, a worksheet that assists people to write those thoughts down and actually how to do the work. I want to ask you about one of the questions, which is um, the question number four, who would you be without that thought? And I've done some of the work. I, I mm -hmm. valued it very much. And I'm wondering, how do you keep that answer to that question from being repetitive or rote? Is it supposed to be like a, a brief visualization or meditation? Because sometimes I just say, oh, I, I'd be curious, I'd be free, but that doesn't no, that's no, that's no. It takes it takes a more more depth. We have to really contemplate the the questions, and as we as we get still in the questions, we are shown. And for example, um, Stephen, let's say hypothetically, he walked into um, he walked in to breakfast this morning, and he said, "Good morning, honey," and he's in this great mood. And I look at him, and I give him the look because he knows what he did yesterday. And now he's pretending he doesn't. He's pretending everything is okay. Well, I'm not buying it, and I'm not going to be fooled that way, you know, just in case he needs a little reminder. Here I am, okay? So now let's say, Brian, in answer to your question, I, I treat him that way. And it can be everything from a minor way of looking, an attitude, looking at that person, or an attitude, or, or an explosiveness. It doesn't matter. We feel guilt afterward. Okay, so that's a, that's a first sign that we're really off. Guilt is like a temple bell that reminds us we've got a little work to do. Yeah. But, but now, here's my question to you, and, and for some of your listeners, might be easy, might be difficult, but anyway, something to consider. Stephen walks, walks in and says, good morning, honey, and I treat him in such a manner, okay, from mild to dramatic. Am I punishing? I see Stephen as he walks in in my mind's eye, and I'm, I'm looking at, the, at those images of him yesterday, okay? In other words, the dream, the illusion. Now, am I punishing the right man? <laughs> no, because he's I, not there. 100% innocent. The man at breakfast today is 100 innocent. I am using an illusion in my mind's eye, moving it forward as crazy as that sounds is what we do. Move it forward to attack an innocent man. Now, when people identify, it's like they're not, that, not quite that awake yet. Like Stephen comes in, I treat him that way, and um, you know, in a in a unkind manner, and I feel guilt. Okay, it doesn't matter what Stephen says or done. What I'm thinking and believing about Stephen is the cause of my suffering. So now, I need to write those judgments on a worksheet again, free at thework.com. There are only six questions on it. I need to fill in a worksheet on what I was thinking and believing about him yesterday or this morning, it doesn't matter. And I need to sit in that worksheet. I need to question every judgment on it. And maybe it'll take me a week, maybe a month, but you know, it's not done until it's done because what I believe onto him, I will believe onto any human being that crosses, that threatens my identity. Mm -hmm. 
Well, when you're trying to get into this new identity of who would I be without that thought, what what would that contemplation be like? Okay, How does- it, it would be it would be like Stephen walks into the room. He says, "Good morning, honey," and I say, "Oh, good morning, honey. I'm so happy to see you. Let's have breakfast." Okay, that is because I'm seeing Stephen minus the fiction. It's it's fiction in my head. The real Stephen, the real deal, is in front of me. Uh huh. So instead of direct experience, you would have been experiencing your thoughts about Stephen instead of the way things are right now in this moment. And it's the yes. thoughts about him that creates the suffering. Is that and right? yes, and those thoughts are completely false. Now I don't expect people to buy that at all. That's what where inquiry comes in. You know, it's a it's it's a matter of of understanding whether they're true or false for ourselves without conning ourselves. It has to be authentic, or um, or it it remains a, a tree that needs to be chopped down, or a tree that is um, is too old, or a tree that is too weak, and you know, da, 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 all, all you know, we'll uh, the mind will attack anything, even a tree. <laughs> You know the innocence of a tree, but um, you know, you know, Brian, to attack another human being is to um, to live in a live out of the illusion, past, future illusion. Right. You know the, the 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 dream going on in our head, and to miss life to miss the beauty of of the world and jonathan to answer your question so let's say i'm i'm questioning um uh, stephen hurt my feelings yesterday um is it true so i'm going to sit i'm going to to get very still i'm going to close my eyes and i'm going to be there now I'm going to be there now in that moment in time in that situation where he hurt my feelings. He hurt my feelings. Is it true? Now I'm going to listen and watch. Is it true? He hurt my feelings. And I'm not going to say, oh, those are just images. That's not that, 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 that. Nope, that's not it. I've got to, he hurt my feelings. Is it true? Now, you know, that could take me all, all morning. Maybe I have 20 minutes um, meditating every morning. Maybe that takes a whole 20 minutes, one question. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, my answer is yes or no. It's not yes because or no because. It's yes or no because I'm being shown and I come out with something authentic. It doesn't need to be praised or it's just yes or no. And I move to the next question. And then I witness through this question, how do I react? What happens when I believe the thought he hurt my feelings? Now I'm going to continue to witness me with Stephen in that situation. And I'm going to see me hurt. And I'm going to experience the emotions that came with that. You know, just as though I'm there now. He hurt my feelings. How do I react? I blame him. He tries to apologize, and I interrupt him. 
And I'd say, well, that's the third time this morning. Why do you? And I'm, I'm witnessing this. Like a movie. It is, but I'm watching the movie of yesterday's breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making nice. I'm witnessing where, where, if I hurt another human being, I feel guilt. Okay, that's where all addiction, that's what all addiction is born out of. It's false identity. It's against our nature to, to think anything less than what would connect us with another human being. So I'm looking at myself here, and, and, uh, and Stephen's a part of it because we were there at breakfast. And how do I react? He tries to apologize, and I don't accept it. And I'm still, I see an image of me. I'm being hurt, and I'm, I'm just, I watch that. And um, maybe I put the uh, teacup down a little too loudly, a little too strongly, and I'm, I'm witnessing all my shtick. And, you know, there's a lot of emotion that goes into that. And I'm watching his face. That's a part of it, too. Does he look hurt? Does he, and I'm looking at him just the way I recall it, mm-hmm. showing me. And, um, and I'm, seeing, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, then I moved to the last one that, that you were addressing, Jonathan, Jonathan. It was who, and I like to say, or what sometimes, who or what would I be without the thought he hurt my feelings? Now I'm more listening to him. I'm witnessing him. He's, a, he's trying to apologize. He looks hurt. I just witness and I drop the post-it. The post-it I slap onto him is, he hurt my feelings. Okay, so now I'm, I'm removing that in the fourth question. Mm. Who or what am I without the thought? And I'm, you know, I'm witnessing Stephen. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a connection. And I'm not saying this will happen for your, your um, listeners, but, but, you know, this is, um, I really, I really had to know. So I witness who or what am I without the thought. I really am a witness. And it's almost, Jonathan, like you could, could be a third person standing in a doorway watching two people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you don't know who's guilty, who's any, you don't have anything on them. You just, you're just standing in the doorway. And I'm looking at Stephen, like from that doorway. Who would I be without the thought he hurt my feet? And I get to see him with, without post-its. And there's a kind of falling in love with that, to use a word. There's a connection and a compassion when I look at how I react, when I believe the thought, the punishment I mete out. that can just be the way we say a word. But we get to see the false identity and action, and we get to see who we are without it. And we get to see who we are as, as um, believers, or I'm saying we, I, I, I. And then when I turn it around, he hurt my feelings, turned around. One opposite is I hurt his feelings. Now I'm going to try that on. It doesn't mean it's true. I've got to see for myself. He hurt, I hurt his feelings. And as I witness that situation, always anchored in the situation, because that's where all the answers are, seeing now what I couldn't see then. Mm-hmm. So I heard his feelings, and I am witnessing, I'm witnessing the cause of my, of my suffering. 
the way I treat him, the things I said, the things I did. And then he hurt my feelings. And another turnaround, I might want to try on. It's like trying on a, a, a pair of shoes you just love, but you don't want to walk out of the shoe store if they don't fit really, they don't fit. So we're, we just try them on. So he hurt my feelings, I hurt my feelings. And then I just sit in that. And, you know, he could hurt my feelings a, a, a thousand times. Am I hurting my feelings? And yes, it, as it turns out, I was the only one, you know, ultimately, you know, from what I can see. And I'm, I'm open to being shown other things. But as far as I can see, you know, the real deal, you know, I hurt my feelings. And what I was thinking and believing about Stephen, that's how I hurt my feelings. So now at breakfast the next morning, I can sit with Stephen and say, you know, yesterday, honey, our discussion, you know, I hurt your feelings and you were, you were trying to apologize. And now I see it wasn't even necessary and how temperamental I can be and how fragile I can be. And I apologize for that. And the way I hurt your feelings now that I apologize. And, and, you know, I'm going to try to do better. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt anyone. So the next time you feel like I'm hurting your feelings, you know, remind me, point it out to me so that maybe that will stop you. Maybe that will stop me. I can't promise it'll stop me, but maybe, you know, I'll be more mindful. And between both of us, maybe I can begin to be a bit more, more mature in our relationship and kinder, more aware. Mm-hmm. That's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and also I, um, uh, I owe it to myself to stop hurting my feelings. What is the self-talk that goes on me that is meant to, um, to keep me down and hurt and feeling less than anyone or anything? Mm-hmm. And, I'm fascinated by the fact that you refer to a false identity. So when you ask, who or what would I be without this thought, clearly the thought that someone else should be different from the way they are is causing suffering. That was my false identity. It's a, it's a, it's a false self that would attack another human being. It goes against our heart. But what is the true identity? Is it pure consciousness? How do you experience it? Well, you know, when I had the experience on the floor, Brian, um, you two are two of the people I could really speak this way to. Um, but it, it is what it is. Um, when I was shown, you know, I, um, I, um, the way, like, maybe I would get up and my husband was, would say, where, where are you going? And I think, oh, my God, what an amazing question. Where, where am I going? I mean, everything, it was just, and it was just, you know, just magical and still is today. But I would go out into the street and, and I would have my hand, you know, like my, my, my thumb and finger would make a circle. And I was telling strangers in the street, you know, well, first, just one finger up. I said, there's only one. Oh my God, there's only one. You know, there's only, and they would look at me like, just like they, they would go the other way. <laughs> and, and I could see the fear in their face. And I thought, oh, you know, it's, it's not true. They, you know, everyone, everyone, everyone needs to know, it, you know, it wasn't needs to know like that. But I just, I, 
I would go out with a zero like this finger, finger and thumb touch and say, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's, there, there's nothing, it's not even that. Just even the zero is too much. And it frightened people. Yeah. yeah. And I saw that was, that was, oh, it was, it was quite an education. And, and let's say my husband would say, you know, where are you going? And, and, and I might say, it thinks it wants a drink of water now. Now, that's not great communication. It was like I had to learn to pretend myself back into the world. Why? Because there is nothing that is not in me. And if one human being in this world is confused, I owe. That person is in me. They're not outside of me. So I have saved my world, we could say. There's no one and nothing in it that I don't connect with and see out of my own true nature with nothing separating, no separation, no idea, no, no ego in between uh, me and that apparent you. What do, what do you call that thing that you became in those moments and have continued to experience? Well, if I if I called it anything, I wouldn't be honest with you. <laughs> uh -huh. I would it would it would um, discredit. It would be um, uh, it would take away from it. Mm -hmm. So what I can say is, uh, you know, I can quote Leonard Cohen, "Love itself." Mm -hmm. Perfect. I found that whole description that you just went through so amazingly moving. Just listening to it and. And I understand that that might be a little bit hard for people to get right away. And so over time, you developed a way to sort of step-by-step -step walk people there. And as a matter of fact, I used to think of the work as, as a self-improvement method, but then I came to see it more as a, as a self-realization method. Yes, and it does improve our identified lives along the way. We become kinder and kinder and kinder mm. as we get in touch with our nature. So it's a, it's a, a process, and actually it's not. Because mm. if you heard me say the words, it's not, we have no proof that I ever said it. So, you know, this I can't exist because, we'll, we'll say it, I could say it this way, Brian, even now, is past. <laughs> All of life, the dream is either anticipated or remembered. It's, it's an illusion. Yeah, yeah. Once, you, when, once you're awake to the cause of all suffering and your true nature, that is what you become aware of, we dance. We dance, you know, no harm, no foul. And it's a, it's a beautiful dance. It's the dance of I care about you. Anyway. How can I help? <laughs> beautiful, yeah. And it, and it just brings back the image that you, that you began with of the little child who experiences life directly unfiltered without labels like tree or yeah. that person should be this way. It's yes. just pure experience. It's the unborn. The unborn, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the prior to apparent existence, 
and it's uh, and and then there's Brian. There's um. I mean, don't you want to see it? Hmm. Don't you want to see it? Don't you want to see it? Well, that's awakeness. That is itself, just in love with itself. Just, just uh, this, this beautiful, this the beautiful. I loved your book, A Thousand Names for Joy, because a lot of the joy and how you look at the world came through. And it's unusual for somebody in your uh, level of awakening to describe what their life is like. I really found great value in that. So thank you. Oh, um, what's an example? Well, how you react to somebody saying that you have cancer. Oh, and, yeah. And just the openness, like, wow, this will be fascinating. I wonder what this will be like. Yeah. And, you know, mainly the doctor, the, you know, he said I had cancer. Uh, he, he said, actually, the test came back positive. And he said, I want you to um, come to my office right away. And his office was 20 miles away. And um, I want you to come to my office now. And um, and and I thought, you know, what I experienced was, you know, I better get to his office right away. This man has a problem. <laughs> and it certainly was not about my cancer. And then when I um, arrived at his office, he was so, um, he was more than concerned. Kind, caring, on it, and yet frightened in a sense. He said, um, no surgery. I said, I'm on a tight schedule and I don't have time for all these treatments you've lined out for me. And he had treatments lined out for me and he had not even asked me if that's the, the, the route I wanted to take. And, mm -hmm. and I said, isn't there a surgery? I've got a, a heavy schedule and I, you know, if we can do it any, any way other than downtime and, um, and I mean, other than all that interruption. And he said, he said, no, you could lose um, uh, your entire nose. You don't know what this, you know, how far. Um, da, 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 da. I'm making, trying to make a long story short, but it was a horrifying story. He said, I wouldn't, um, I, if, if you were my sister, my mother, I just, you know, basically wouldn't allow it. It's just, you know, it's, it's too big a gamble. Da, da, da. So that's what I mean by fear. And so yeah. that was not, that was not the doctor for me. You know, I, um, I want someone that can do a surgery that loves surgery because they're good at surgery that loves it. And so, um, um, my husband, Stephen just kept researching until, you know, he said, you know, interview this one, Katie. And I, I talked to him and, and he loved, he said, Oh my gosh, no problem. No problem. We'll just, you know, and, and it was about, um, gosh, I don't know about a 12 hour ordeal. Wow. And, and, um, and I'm wearing my shoulder on my nose. It was just, you know, it just, he just cut that part of the nose, the cancer got it all when he was sure that was a part of the 12 hour process, just whittling away a little bit of time. And, and, and then he uh, knew how to, to, uh, to take a, a chunk of my shoulder remolded and um, I walk out and keep my schedule. I love how your concern was with your doctor's upset rather than your cancer. That's a rather unusual experience and a good well, lesson. Yeah. And, and I love sharing things like that because um, as well, because there, there are no problems yeah. in, in this dimension. They're all imagined. 
And so to understand that is the, um, is the path to um, compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really into methods, and that's one of the things I like about the work. And one of the methods that you created, which you, you, which you don't talk about much, but it's really impacted me, is the method I call uh, I am willing to or I am looking forward to. Yeah, it's the last question on the worksheet. What is it about that experience with, with this um, cancer doctor? What is it about that experience I never want to experience again yeah. on, on, with my doctor or the experience I never want to experience again? Um, see, I don't ever want to see a doctor so frightened. And then when we turn it around, I'm willing that it's it's number six on the worksheet for those of you that aren't aware of it and um i'm willing to um be with a doctor that is frightened i look forward to being with a doctor that's frightened because it's what i'm thinking and believing about the doctor that would have been the cause of any suffering i experienced but as it turned out uh, compassion mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't um work to do in that specific area inner work for me to do in that specific area it was just compassion will you sometimes turn that into like a a little meditation of imagining you with the doctor and being okay with it Uh, is that part of the technique as well oh oh, you know if it hadn't been for my schedule you know i'm up for anything but Mm -hmm. on but being on awake doesn't mean being stupid so it's uh it's it's uh you know what's left is a little wisdom and mm-hmm. and and kind is wise mm-hmm. i have a question about uh about the method uh, usually you invite people as they're uh, to begin the work with a judgment they have about other people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I sometimes feel that i judge myself even more than i judge mm-hmm. other people so um is it okay to start with a judgment of yourself or is it really better to start with a judgment of of someone else well where our identity is shown to us our false identity how we react when we believe the thought is shown to us if we um if we uh, judge someone else, not ourselves, because we are the only thing that show up in that inquiry. But now if I judge myself, then, um, then I, can, I can make great headway there. But it, it's, um, the ego could outsmart um, a beginner and uh, that maybe doesn't know how that this, realize that this is a way of meditating in oneself. But um, it's the ego's identity, and so it's, um, it's, it can be tricky. But if you really want to know the truth and you're a meditator, yes, you can judge yourself and get really still. But, oh, boy, to judge someone else and turn it around, it's uh, the fast track. Oh, I see. And is it true that when we judge others, we're actually seeing a, a disowned part of ourselves? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all. I mean, there's no one outside of myself. They're all imagined. Uh-huh. Even I am imagined. <laughs> like there are three of us, you know, um, the two of you and me, and there's Jason here and Paula. That's, you know, that's five of us. But where are you all living in me? Where are we all living in you? Because each of you is who I believe you to be. You can never be more or less. So you are in me. And, and, and there are 
five different Byron Katie's in this conversation. Mm. And, um, and, and so there's something way off, way off of that. Once we understand our true nature, that's how the feel levels. You know, a lot of the work can seem kind of cognitive, especially when people begin it. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, ever recommend more directly going into awareness or energetically opening um, in different ways that might help people to disidentify with their thought? Well, let's say um, a meditator or someone new to meditation uh, the work is nothing more than mindfulness. It's it's contem it's a contemplative meditation. That's what it is. So, um, but someone new to it, you know, to just sit and maybe go to some great teachers and learn how to sit and get still. And mm -hmm. um, or you can go to thework.com and just immediately start with the work. But you, it's it's to get still and to to take a few deep breaths and to close your eyes and get comfortable and then get just really quiet and just focus on your breath maybe and just feel your chest rise and fall maybe and, and clear your mind and then notice at some point something will come to mind. You'll see an image of a bill you didn't pay yesterday that's due you'll see an image of an argument you had with some, you'll see an image of you really should be brushing your teeth and getting ready for work yet instead of sitting here. You'll see an image of like, uh, for example, you at breakfast that morning with the person that you're with. Yeah. And, and there'll be a judgment. There'll be a judgment. And if you have a pencil and paper next to you, you, you are in touch with what broke silence. Mm. And so you simply write the judgment down and then you come back, get still again, and just let awareness show you what it wants to show you out of that silence. And if there's a judgment, you're going to attach. You're go there's an attachment. A judgment is like attachment. You'll see an image in your head and you'll believe something onto that image. Uh, for example, you see an image of your partner in your mind's eye in the past or future. And then you'll have a judgment on that image. Now that that you're in a whole other world. You're not in silence anymore. You're the you're the unborn born. And so you write that judgment on paper. Now then if it's really strong and, and you're um you've had a little practice in the work, at that point you look at the judgment, you've written it down, and that becomes your meditation. Like he doesn't care about me. Or maybe you see the image, the, the world coming to an end. You see the, um, you, you, you see this, the, the, the climate change at, at its very worst, you know, the end and, or you're, you're in a political judgment on, on someone or some political figure. It doesn't matter. There's a judgment there. And, and so once you have that, you can fill in an entire worksheet on, on what you're thinking and believing in that situation as you were sitting. And then just take one belief at a time. There's a one belief at a time worksheet that will 
that will um, support uh, someone new to the work all the way through one judgment. And so that allows everyone sitting in this practice, all meditators and those of people just beginning to get still, to learn to get still. It will take you all the way through your mind, the cause of your suffering, show it to you and bring you through the other side. But every question, every turnaround is nothing more than just understanding how to get still and sit in yourself and to let awareness show you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes, I closed my eyes and followed along with that. So mm. that could probably serve as our as our guided meditations for the oh, episode. Good, 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 Brian. You know, I, I um, was telling some friends I would be talking to you and they all wanted to know the answer to this question. You know, it was interesting. And a lot of them were thinking, how do you, if you don't believe your story, um, how do you get your needs met? How do you get stuff done? You know, because part of the work is that you don't necessarily know what's best, so you're not trying to push something. Well, you're always, show, you're always shown a kinder way. Like, um, um, it's all built into the worksheet. It's, it's, um, it's checkmate, that worksheet. The, the second question on the worksheet is, in that situation, what do you want? And uh -huh. you fill it in. And, and then um, the third question on the worksheet is um, advice. To get what you want in that situation, uh, what advice would you offer that person? Well, let's say um, Stephen at breakfast, you know, he hurt my feelings. Give him advice. He should stop before he speaks out. He should get still. He should realize that he's hurting my feelings. Okay, and then the, the fourth one on the worksheet is to be happy in that situation. And let's say with Stephen at breakfast, um, to be happy in that situation, what do I need from Stephen to be happy? And what do I need him to say or do or give me? So, so we have to contemplate to be happy, mm -hmm. to be happy, to go from, from hurt to happy. What do I need? So you can see, what do I want? What advice would I offer? I mean, this takes very, a very still focused mind just to fill in those things. So I questioned them, each one, one by one. You could take one daily if you're a meditator, and this is meditation, so everyone that does the work become meditators. Mm. But the want turned around to myself and to Stephen in that situation at breakfast on the worksheet, that becomes how to have a calm breakfast. And what do I need to be happy? When I turn around what I wrote on the worksheet, well, that's what I need to be happy with Stephen at breakfast. And what uh, advice would I offer him turned around? Well, that's advice to myself. Mm -hmm. And and so there is a way of living that taught me how to come back into this apparent world as um, as um, as not I. And from that clarity, you're still people are worried that if they drop their story, they wouldn't get anything done. Then they need to move on to the turnarounds, four questions and uh -huh. turnarounds, because the turnarounds, you know, uh, Stephen hurt my feelings around, I hurt Stephen's feelings. Well, that will give me life. 
Uh-huh. And, and what other people have, have I said or done things that have hurt their feelings? And where am I hurting my feelings? Every one of these questioned and turned around will give people a full life of service. Mm-hmm. So the clarity that comes from, uh, from dropping these beliefs or from turning them around actually will allow what to do to seem to appear naturally. Oh, absolutely. Natural to our nature. And, and um, because I can't wait for the world to change for me to be free. Uh-huh. I had to, I had to, um, I had to do that myself and take responsibility for what I am thinking and believing and thoughts. You know, we don't do them on purpose. They're served up. So we don't, all we need to do in, in, um, uh, from my experience is just identify them. They, they come up as needed. Like, uh, there's something wrong with him. Did you get my attitude? How do I react? What happens when I believe the thought that there's something wrong with him? Well, you know, sitting the next day in in stillness, I get to experience that attitude. You know, what am I trying to do? Make that true? Yeah. Well, it doesn't work. So I think I'll tell 10 friends about what he did and, and, and he, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's just, we, we just, ident- the, ego, he, the ego does not sleep. <laughs> it doesn't sleep. The moment it sleeps, how, you know, if, if it goes to sleep, how could it continue to identify its object? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine mind uh, being so powerful that it would literally believe itself as object? That's quite a trick. So it's what we're dealing with, um, a secondary power. But it's not evil. It's not bad. There's, it's, it's just, um, it's, I see the ego as, um, as a child, a terrified child that just wants to be understood. It's like giving an ego um, a home. And that home is in itself and there's no rest until it has a home but we're at war with the ego and war is um is the cause of you know it's the war with reality we're really dealing with and we're going to lose that because that reality is with a big r your statement uh when you argue with reality you lose but just 100 percent of the time is one of my favorite statements yeah it always makes me smile because I yeah. do argue with reality a fair amount. And then I, yeah. I'm doing. And also war is war by any name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I, I love sharing people to contemplate that defense is the first act of war. And mm-hmm. we're, only, we're only defending our identities and we're going to lose that one. Mm-hmm. One of the things uh, I've gotten from our conversation today is how important it is to use the work. And, and by the way, for our listeners, people can download all of Katie's stuff on thework.com and, and it's all available there. And, and it's a great service that you make that all available. So thank and you. It's, and, there, and there's no charge. It's, it's, it's free. How to do the work is free. We all have a freedom is our birthright. We all have a right to that. And we all have the capacity. Mm-hmm. But I got how really taking the work as a deep contemplation meditation is what's going to probably have the most impact on us. Is there value to 
you know, I'm driving and somebody cuts me off and trying to do the work in my head. Is that a useful thing to do as well? Well, that becomes automatic. Uh-huh. But if I'm driving, if I don't know about, you know, if I just learned about the work and I'm driving and someone cuts me off and my old pattern of what are they doing? Were they trying to kill me? What is that? Why weren't they watching? You're not watching. Maybe a honk. Well, you know, just notice, just noticing, noticing, notice the emotions that went with that. Just notice, notice the images of the past because the event is over. I mean, what kind of state of grace is that? Mm. So, but that that remembering even a nanosecond prior is what's the matter with him? He could have killed me. What would that have done? I got to get it. So you know, as though as as though it weren't bad enough. I think I'll bring it back, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. But but to just notice the emotions and then notice um, your attitude and what you were thinking, believing. These are all these are all clues to. Um, to how you react when you believe the thought and the thoughts that you were thinking then you identify. And so just eventually you notice you're out of control on a scale from one to 10, you know, from very slight to major, you begin to notice and you just think, Oh God, that's a good one to work on tomorrow. And, Mm -hmm. and to sit down and go back to that situation then identify what you were thinking and believing then in that situation. And you've seen the cause of your fear, the cause of your upset, the cause of your, because it could never be the cause that cut you off. That's not ever going to happen. The cause of suffering is, you know, just, just who would you be without the thought? Um, he cut me off. My goodness. You know, you just meditate in there and it's mm-hmm. so beautiful. We're starting to run out of time. Brian, do you have anything you want to add or or Katie as well? The only thing I would like to add is that I just love you. (laughs) I just love talking to you. I just had this great feeling during this. It's just... (laughs) Uh, of an amazing opening and, and love. Oh, and it's, Brian. And it's I, great. So I'm grateful. Thank you. Oh, honey, you, you are you are just, I so appreciate the two of you and what you bring. You just never give up. You're just there for, <laughs> there right. for us. I'll, I'll share uh, for our listeners a little story. When I first met you at a Wisdom 2.0 conference, uh, you were very open with people asking you questions. At one point I said, um, what I really want is to just look in your eyes for about 15 seconds quietly. And is that okay? And, and you said, oh, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a real joy to just be with you and, and, and the love that you emanate. So no, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Gosh, that is, that is so, that is so dear for two people to meet and and just be able freely to just really look Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. look just really look and and two courageous people standing together they're that comfortable together just because one asked the other could give Mm -hmm. and and the one giving is the one that received you know if looking into your eyes I I get what I get and it's it's um it's it's always beautiful. My goodness, you know, this 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 experience when I on on the floor 
Um, it stood, it walked for no reason. It just stood. It walked into a bathroom, stood in front of a mirror, and it looked into its own eyes. And something happened, Jonathan, that was the indescribable. It's as though there was a kind of join of, of, of am and am not that allowed, uh, allowed this awakeness to live in the apparent, in this apparent dream and, and, uh, and love, love out of its just, it just experience out of its nature. I mean, how beautiful is that? Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. Well, uh, Anything you want to know or, or let uh, your, our listeners know about getting access to the work? We mentioned the work.com. Anything else? Well, you know, it's always free. And if they forget that, it's, um, it's byronkady.com. Either one gets you there. And um, I have events coming up in Amsterdam and Stockholm and Cologne and Omega in New York the end of June. And then there's a, a nine-day school in 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 Germany in July, and then there's one coming up here in the States in California in November. And, you know, no one has to remember these. They're on byronkady.com. And in the meantime, no one has to do those events. No one has to. It's it's free on the work.com, the way, um, the way to your own heart. And um, also... You do, you do something about that we're not the body or something. Uh, some it's a, I call it the nobody. Nobody, yeah. It's a hardcore, full-blown non-duality, and it's not for everyone. <laughs> oh, or it's for called? no one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that sounds like that's for me, but maybe you're right, Jonathan, maybe it is for no one. <laughs> well, that, that's a, who else could attend? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, we're very honored by your presence. I know our listeners are as well. And, and we thank you and Jason, everybody setting this up. And God bless what you're doing in the world. Thank you. And you too as well. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. And thank you for listening. And feel free to check out our other episodes at awarenessexplorers.com and our meditations there. Of course, everything's free. We take donations if you don't know what to do with your money. But uh, the most important thing is surround yourself with methods and people and inspiration that helps you to awaken. Till next time, take care. And for our listeners, we usually say keep exploring, but I'm going to just say really look. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website, at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And we'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.